first of all, uh, housekeeping. Um, no special indie episode this week. Um, because we were all really exhausted and uh, those kind of episodes take a lot of time. So we just uh, allowed ourselves to have a little bit more breathing room. Um, they will be back at some point uh, in the near future. But I think I I don't think we actually talked about exactly the, the break duration. But I'd very much like to, to take a couple of weeks of normal episodes and shorter episodes. Because uh, just looking at this uh, at the moment in in orbit uh cup of tech uh, is a good eight plus hours a week at the moment uh with with the kind of apple events and predictions and prediction results and in the episodes and sometimes two episodes a week it's been a bit excessive mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, i was thinking like once we survive the apple november event extravaganza um we can probably yeah. start thinking about that stuff again and uh, yeah. with the added uh I guess bonus of that time of year is normally pretty slow, like in that December exactly. period. So it mm. could be a good time, December, January, to have some more guests on and talk about more indie stuff. Mm. And that also allows more than me to actually ship a uh, Mac <laughs> OS a Big Sur update of Ooh. Orbit, which which is a added benefit <laughs> because uh, that is still still we're still within Apple's uh, kind of forced to do list items for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still kind of trying to get all of those updates out in time, and it's a bit hard to work against a yet not yet known. Um, deadline because we don't know when big Sur will be out we're kind of expecting it around november 17th ish because that's when the event will be most likely based on rumors and uh so on so it might be also good to have that as our target date feeling comfortable shipping something really nice for big Sur, and then kind of ramping up all the other efforts again yeah so far yeah. for housekeeping more housekeeping i know that's a weird segue because it's just a lie it's just got to use with the same thing <laughs> no different thing um iphones oh that's uh, not housekeeping i know that's what i'm saying that was not a segue i no. just said a word that is unrelated <laughs> that was the word i used before anyway uh because we're all at home a lot we'll use our iphones at home that's my segue now um did you uh make up your mind yet zach which iphone you're gonna order i may have well, okay, we know that if I order an iPhone, it's going to be the, the small one, obviously. Um, probably yep. green, because I still think it looks okay. Uh, it's a little bit jarring <laughs> going between the green sides and the black front in some of the photos I've seen. But for the most part, it looks nice. And if I mm-hmm. absolutely hate it, I can put a case on the thing. So, it's not the end of the world. Um, mm-hmm. But I did order one of those MagSafe chargers this week, because I noticed the mm-hmm. shipping time start <laughs> to slip. And so I think that kind of locks me into getting a new phone, doesn't it? It's a bit weird just getting the MagSafe. Um, look, I, I mean, I don't actually need the MagSafe charger. I have enough wireless chargers here, but it's new technology and it's kind of cool. So I am keen to try it out. So I think this means I'm going to, um, I'm going to use it. I'm Very exciting. Buy so you're planning on getting the 64 uh, Mini. <sighs> probably 64 uh i think it's like an extra 80 bucks to go 128 i will think about mm. it but i think 64 would be sufficient um but yeah all right if, if i think the only the only uh thing that would make me get a 128 is if i went to order and the shipping time was sooner for a 128 than a 64 uh, i'd probably mm-hmm. have no trouble buying that but mm. yeah and how about right. you i think uh, i landed on getting a mini uh 128 but i'm in the side i don't like the blue like i I looked at some of the videos i do not like it as much as i thought yeah 
It's hard to tell, like when you're not in person, because it shifts in different lights. Sometimes mm. it looks very smurfy. Yeah, see, I don't want to shift your phone, so <laughs> I, I I'll go white or black, uh, which is <laughs> I'm I'm conflicted for weird reasons. The I do really like the uh, kind of plain uh, aluminum rims on the white phone. Um, it kind of looks a bit like the iPhone 4 rims, which I really liked, mm. um, and 4S. But I do like the back of the black one, because that also reminds me of the iPhone 4 back. Because the iPhone 4, uh, as we all know, had uh, the uh, silver rims, and then, well, at least for the black phone, uh, front and back being being black. And I really like that look. So I have to decide between the, the throwback rims or the throwback, throwback back. <laughs> Yeah. So, yep. uh, so I'm indecisive between the two. I do like I do like both of those. Though the thing is that realistically, in- you're gonna see the sides more than you see the back. Mm. Yeah, you should go with the sides you like. The, the, the only thing that kind of deters me slightly is that with the edge to edge kind of design on those phones, you do actually see the the color from the from the edges or from the rim mm-hmm. when you look straight up at the phone. Yeah, I mean that's the same problem that Zach seemed to have. Yeah, but it's it's not noticeable obviously on the black one because it just feels like it's it's yeah. you know blends yeah. in. Yeah, so the black it, is boring. I know, I know, but I, I don't need my phone to be exciting. Like, if, uh-huh. if it does exciting things inside of it, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't need to, for it to look like anything. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I don't want something that's like completely, uh, disturbingly ugly. But I don't think any of those phones have that problem. I actually think from all the videos, I prefer the look of the non-pro phones this year, which is super odd. Like, I yeah. looked at yeah. the the silver and the gold. They look mm-hmm. kind of cheap-ish with the kind of fingerprinty stainless steel rim. I think that's the big problem, that that rim, right? Mm. Yeah. It looks like it's a dirt magnet. Yeah. And it's more noticeable when they're flat and it just I don't know, doesn't look as nice as I thought. I mean, the, the graphite looks fine and I think the Pacific Blue is pretty nice too, but I actually prefer the look of the non-pro phones. Um, so, I, I don't know. White or black, not a big deal. I'll, I'll make up my mind over next... When, when can we pre-order in two weeks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll pre order one of those two. And I'm getting more excited by the day because every time I pick up my phone now, I'm like, I'd really like it to be uh, significantly lighter and significantly more hand fitting. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm super excited. I'm getting more excited by the day. How about you, Malin? (sighs) No, I'm still uh, sticking with not getting one. I just feel like we're indoors all the time. I don't really use my phone as much as I would usually do. And. Like, I don't have the problems that you have with RSI issues from the bigger phone. It's just inconvenient to have a bigger phone, but it's not causing me physical pain, <laughs> which I phone shouldn't do. But yeah, unfortunately, it does for you. Um, but I, I mean, it's still hard because I do think that this is going to be the one year when they're all having the same refresh rate. And next year, if there is a mini, it's going to have a lower refresh rate, potentially. And that's going to make the decision a lot harder. I just, but I just feel like for now, I'm going to hold back and see how your phone is. And maybe I'm like, wow, that's an amazing phone. I should also have one of these. And then I might change my mind. But I'm at least not going to get one on day one, which feels feels weird. I always like to have them on day one because I, since I'm usually on a yearly upgrade cycle, I get the most out of it if I get it on the first day. The, right? the thing, though, is if you are on the verge 
and you consider it an upgrade, mm. then you're probably like if you if you do the math, right? If you would sell your phone right now, mm-hmm. you would probably get a, you would probably only pay about a hundred bucks on top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I over know. a year, that's you know a hundred dollars. Mm. That's that's less than ten dollars per month that you would pay for the upgrade, essentially. Yeah. And next year, if I want to resell my phone, then to get an upgrade. I'm going to lose a lot more value on that sale. Yeah, probably it's probably fairly uh, linear, but it's it's you know, but it's that's, just But that's exactly why I have been on the yearly upgrade cycle because I feel like it sort of made sense in like it, it, it was fine if I sold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just feel like this time I'm not sure. Like I I also have the downside of losing one camera if I go with a mm-hmm. smaller one, and that is something I do p- Event like sometimes use use my phone for for taking photos. So, if both of us have a phone that has the same lenses and the same cameras, that's not great. Whereas if I have one with three cameras and you have another I one, I think you'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, I know it would be fine. It's just I feel more comfortable this year, just because it's not it's a sidestep, right? I'm gonna get a smaller device, and it's a it's a nice new device. But at the same time, I do lose the cameras. So that's what I'm thinking. Actually, um, you would probably uh, actually gain money from selling yours and getting a small one. So you actually, <laughs> so it's if you consider mm-hmm. an upgrade at all, you're actually being paid to mm-hmm. get a new phone. So I I would I would still consider that. It's not <sighs> yeah. a bad option. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'll think about it. What's your it. argument now? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to keep on making excuses. I'm just thinking I'm not as excited this year. Uh, I, I just feel like it is more of a tricky scenario. It's like you, you, I am losing a bit because of the camera. But at the same time, it is a really nice but phone. But you get a better white smile angle phone. one. Yeah, yeah. Like overall, it's, there, I see benefits with having either of those phones. And that's why it's tricky to just decide mm. which so one to go with. take the new one and get some extra cash. Hmm. I think I'll still just wait and see how how I like yours when you have yours, and oh, then I can try it no, out. I don't let you touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, I right, will see. Right. Yeah, I'll think about it. I still have two weeks to decide, but I'm leaning towards not having one on day one and just seeing how yours looks. Mm. But overall, I, I do agree. From the reviews, it seems like the smallest kind of upgrade year in, mm. in a long time anyways. So if you're not excited, I mean, it is the form factor, right? Like it's it's a completely new, different design, mm. and that is the most exciting time to upgrade, right? Uh, when when it's completely different, but at the same time, it's yeah. Like apart from like in terms of the camera and those things, I think maybe maybe but I should camera, stay with the that. cameras are fine. How often do you use the telephoto lens for yeah, like? Pretty often, like as soon as I take like nature photos of like flowers and stuff which you know we have a lot of those in december so yeah, yeah. i'm also not as excited this year i, I, I am think that's the only argument if you're like i don't care yeah, I, I do, usually i do care and like i like the small phone and i want to like encourage apple to make more small phones for future generations don't to come think, unless you buy ten thousand, <laughs> i don't think it will be noticeable for yeah, apple, so i wouldn't yeah. worry about that particular argument mm. particular argument but yeah i am excited because this is the time it goes back to being smaller but at the same time i'm not as excited about it from a technical standpoint, and uh, I, I don't know. I, as I said, I feel like I'm, if I'm not using my phone that much, I mean, I tend to end the day with like at least sixty percent battery. 
So I'm not using the phone that much every day. And then maybe it's not worth it. Yeah, look at you having your 100% battery health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, normally you get to this point a year and you're like, oh, I probably won't upgrade, but then I will upgrade because I am tempted and it's not happening this year. So probably a good year to not upgrade um, if it's yeah. not, you know, calling your this name. Is the, I think this it. is the furthest I've gone without making making the decision to get one. <laughs> but you, this year you would get money for the upgrade, so I don't get see, it. See, I see that, but okay, I'm not. Yeah, I'll see. Would that be if I um, still if I go with 128 yeah, yeah, gigs? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the resale value of the 11 Pro is surprisingly stable. Yeah, I didn't expect. I it didn't to, see be, any, to stay that high. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see any drop because they didn't. They're not selling it anymore, right? So, and the Pro, the 12 Pro actually got 100 dollars more expensive. That's the thing. It's actually compare. I think this phone is probably compared to 12 Pro rather than to the 12. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and the Pro phones actually got a bit more expensive this year because now the the bottom is like the minis and those kind of things. So, um, yeah, you're you'll be in a good state if you want to sell it and get one of those mm. cool new mini phones. Mm. But uh, to clarify, selling would be something like selling on Craigslist, not not like a return uh, refund program or like a no. Trade they're program. terrible. Yeah. They'll oh give you yeah, no, they'll yeah. get like half the value there. Yeah. Yeah. At, at most, like I looked, I think Apple would give us a third. I think it's like $400 oh, wow. or something. And I think I that's it unfair. I don't it was very little. Oh, sorry, a third of the value when you find it, but I meant like half what you'd get selling no, privately. No, it was a third of the, the price that you would get on Craigslist. Oh, wow, that's bad. Yeah. That's a yeah. bad little okay. it, was it was just under half here, but yeah. Yeah, so it's, wow. it's not really worth it i i think i mean it's, it's convenient I, the but thing it's, is that if you have a phone that is like slightly scratched and probably not in a great condition you might not get as much if you sell it mm. on craigslist but i think our phones are just almost in mint condition and i mm. think it's a bit uh, it feels a bit like a ripoff to just trade that in then one of the things i like oh not liked sarcastically on that trade-in thing <laughs> was it was like you could get up to x for your phone and then you know you go through the questionnaire it knows what phone i'm on i've got it in my hand yeah. and um it doesn't i, I take everything good like you know perfect mm -hmm. condition nothing wrong functioning screen like all the things that it wants you to say and then it gives me like x minus 100 oh really how does how does that work the only thing i could think is maybe the storage like maybe they're not detecting what storage mm. I have, so the Maybe. upper storage would get more like the extra hundred dollars or whatever. But I was mm. like, what? What could I have said here to get that maximum value? <laughs> and maybe it is. Did the you say it is super scratch? And they're like, here you go, and that's hundred bucks. <laughs> that's what we want. <laughs> Easier to recycle somehow. <laughs> There's less glass, <laughs> less material. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, that's when I looked in, through the uh, trade-in program. It was actually. The up to number was actually lower than the number they gave me when I answered the questionnaire. Oh. So I had to reverse. Oh, this sounds very different. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess they, they use private companies for this, don't they? So it's probably different in different countries. <laughs> there was actually a scandal recently in, in, in British Columbia mm. where there's a company in Richmond that does recycling for Apple or yeah. they at least take those They at things. least used to. Yeah. Um, Apple since... Uh, uh, like uh, it's no longer working with them because uh, apparently they had I don't know how many like hundreds or thousands of pounds like the, the I think it was like weight, tons yeah yeah of of phones that they uh, instead of recycling them they they resold them 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. So it turns out that was not Apple's, uh, the agreement they had with Apple. So they no. made like millions of dollars of selling like phones that were supposed to be recycled. Um, so that that's probably not not good. That's yeah. bad. Um, yeah. I mean, in in the end, it might be environmentally more friendly to it resell might. them than, yeah. Yeah, than recycling. Yeah, but then you should make that agreement <laughs> yeah, with that Apple. You should agreement. just go ahead and sell them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, no, it's a it's a compelling argument. So uh, you are starting to convince me. Mm. How about you, Zach? Do you tend to resell all your phones, or do you keep them? Yeah, I usually resell. I've got a friend with a big family, and they are often. He knows somebody looking for a secondhand iPhone or Mac or something <laughs> all the time, like just constantly. So I haven't had much trouble getting rid of things for a few years now. <laughs> um, and good. honestly, that's probably the way that my 11 Pro is going to go. <laughs> really? That's right. See, that's 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 something I like. Like you know, someone who will actually want it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just and, like, don't. The thing is, like, really... it's, it's the easiest way for me to get rid of something. So it's like I give them like a cheaper <laughs> price than they get if they yeah. did go yeah. through eBay or something. So it's a win-win mm. all around. Like I sell mm. it in an hour and somebody mm. knows that they're yeah. getting a phone from like somebody they kind of know and it's been taken care of. Like my friend can vouch for that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, it's a win-win. I've never had any problems with it this way. So yeah. uh, we'll yeah, see if that'll probably be the way this goes. So so what you're saying is we need to find friends with a humongous family that yep. are always in need of new iPhones. <laughs> Someone with like all 30 right. cousins who always know somebody <laughs> wanting to buy a phone. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's put up an ad on Craigslist looking for friends with big cousins. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to change your friends and this is a very easy problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but so the, far we've yeah. Craigslist gets a lot of uh bad reputation but so far we've actually been super uh it was always super smooth people were actually nice like we got a lot yeah, of people Yeah I mean that- the people who you actually end up meeting I think we've been quite good at filtering them because I also got them some people Do you trying to scam me trade like, it for a, a pair uh, of skis no and more a, like can you send it to me and then uh, we figure uh, out the payments like it yeah. seems like the payments structure that they're offering doesn't seem very uh, honest Uh, so i think but like if you meet people in person we never had problems with it Mm. um but yeah i am a bit more reluctant to meeting people right now with with, with the numbers getting up uh but yeah i'll i'll think about it Mm. cool what else what else is new what else is new um do you guys think there will be a mac event of course yeah (laughs) do you think yeah no like, we, we, spoke to, we spoke to a friend the other day, and yeah, he seemed to think that there would just be a press release. No, the, no. this is Apple a big releases change. our Max, uh, yeah, as a press release. That means they 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 have something to hide. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That would make me super suspicious and worried about Look, given, that. Because given how easy it is for them to, you know, quotes easy, I mean, um, to do a, a one hour <laughs> event again, I see no reason yeah. not to do that. Yeah, but like the production value is so high. I mean, they, they yeah, still spend know, a lot. You know, you know who has all the money in the world? Apple has all the money in the world. They can they can they can produce twenty videos uh, a month and they wouldn't notice in their yeah. budget you know it doesn't yep. matter the only thing that's expensive there is tim's time and probably mm-hmm. craig's time <laughs> everyone else it's like oh whatever but that's also um, half their job is to keep selling things so <laughs> if that aids in that goal they're doing their job yeah and realistically how much more attention does an event get than a press release is it 10x 100x it's definitely worthwhile I think like so. and they're not going to send out an invite for a press release like there's yeah. no hype around it it's no. like oh we're sending a press release on and Tuesday. it's so worth it for apple right because mm. if they sell 10x as many devices or get 10x the attention towards their new devices 
I don't even know how expensive the production value would have to be for that not to be worth it at the scale that Apple is selling. So yeah, it's it's like you know how how we would we would kill for having that kind of marketing strategy. Where all we need to do is put together marketing material, and people will stand in lo- in a digital line and get up early or in the middle of the night <laughs> to then watch it. You know that mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. that's the best environment to possibly be in if you want to do any kind of form mm-hmm. of marketing. If people <laughs> are like excited for a week about you saying that you have an announcement you know if that would happen for orbit or, or petty updates you know we, mm-hmm. we we'd be in a very good spot and we would mm-hmm. obviously use that wisely but why would you if if you think that at any i mean we're expecting for the rmax at least some amount of exciting news right we're not yeah. expecting here's the macbook that we've sold and now it's the same speed Mm. But it has a different chip. It's like, that's not what Apple's going to do. No. It's either going to be exciting as far as, like, it's way faster and way better battery life or completely new form factor mm. or look at what the neural engine can do on macOS or, you know, it will be some level of newness and excitement. Yeah, yeah. and I also that. assume there will be a bigger recap of Big Sur as well and show off the new design for people who haven't mm. seen that yet. And I'm also sure Apple will have a bunch of, like, new, new kind of iOS hybrid apps that they might want to show maybe you can do like some some they probably want to show some machine learning that's happening super fast on on this kind of super small computer uh maybe have you know higher refresh rate screen maybe 5g i've heard apple really likes 5g you know <laughs> they have 5g on the on the new macbooks it could be right honestly yeah, it's not, it would not surprise it's not a me terrible idea yeah, yeah. Mm. so it's a bit weirdly timed because people don't go to places where they would yeah. use 5g for a, a lot of things right this year were poorly timed if you think yeah. of 5g generally speaking um mm. those apple watch bands that you need to try on these app- <laughs> these phones that really you want to see all the colors for and that's always mm. been the case mm. but mm. you know especially this year when they've got more options so yeah mm. yeah but we're assuming apple's worked on arm max for longer than in March this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. so therefore we'll get whatever they had planned a few mm-hmm. years ago yep and if th- part of that plan was 5g or some mm-hmm. kind of cellular capabilities on those computers mm-hmm. it seems like a I mean I'm not this is not a prediction episode but I'm sure that Apple See, I'm will writing down all those things <laughs> for my prediction preparation I'm not even joking um but I'm sure it will be to some extent something exciting to announce and I would be extremely surprised if apple wouldn't uh shout it as loud as they mm. can to to everyone that that's willing to listen because you know they're clearly excited about mm. it they've been excited about it for a while mm-hmm. they already pre-announced that they will have things to show us yeah and i think another thing is that they will they've been wanting to tell people that they do take the mac serious so mm. then having that as a press release and all the other things as events would be a bit strange yeah. Like, if they take it serious, I think it deserves its own event. I think yeah. that makes sense. And I mean, they do take the Mac seriously. Yeah. And you, you can see that, and you can, um, like, it also coincides with the uh, Big Sur update to some extent, right? That hasn't gotten any attention no. in the last events, hmm. uh, which is probably also something they're holding for, for the event where they actually hmm. talk about new Mac, it which kind of makes a lot of sense. sense. Yeah. So I do think there is a very clear and obvious kind of package for this event. Hmm. And I, I don't know what what would have to happen for Apple not to have this, you know, because it's, it's such a clear um, thing that they're, they're excited about, you know, mm. it's been hinted at by Apple executives and in interviews too, that they're like, yeah, we've been working on something really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and Apple tends to, you know, what kind of devices are only getting press release? It's like new beats headphones in, in the low end or, uh, 
What else? Uh, I, th- I don't think Beats ever really got a stage present has presence has it? I don't know. No, I don't think so. nothing major anyway. Mm. Mm. But you know, it's definitely more significant than just serious six Apple Watch, mm-hmm. and that got a lot of attention. And and the thing is, people know when Apple have an event. I was actually surprised by the number of people who knew Apple was having a September event. Like we knew there weren't going to be iPhones, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people still knew that there was an Apple event coming, and that mm-hmm. was really mm-hmm. interesting to me because I feel like on a normal year people don't always know but for some mm. reason september this year people were aware and i just mm. mean this yeah. anecdotally and speaking to mm. non-tech people who happened to mention hey did you see the mm. apple event or did you see whatever was announced but mm. it seemed like people were aware this year and i it might have helped they did i think they invited everyone to quote unquote invited like with mm. those emails like <laughs> apple event mm. september apple event october mm. and I, I thought they only sent those out to developers oh i got for both, Kirsten got for both. So, oh, I'm going to okay. assume they went to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we mm. probably only get WW. Sorry, developers only probably get WWDC. Mm. But for the September and October, it seems like more than I would expect got that mm. quote-unquote mm. invite. I think it yeah. said, like, you're invited to watch, but, you know. But it's also, like, on, on Apple TV and it's on the yeah. website. It's not like Apple's... This is not a developer event, right? Yeah. It has, like, very little to do with developers. Yeah. 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 It's a... Like new product event. Yeah. Unless you're hoping to ship it up for iOS 14 on day one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I would bet a lot on a November event. Uh, for how that, much? How much money? How much are you betting? Two dollars. <laughs> uh, multiple dollars. And I think uh, it for me personally, it's kind of feels like one of the ones i'm the most excited about because we know you said that for the october event too yeah but i was more the october event was different because i was excited about new form factors this time it's excited because we don't know that much yet yeah you know it is it is something that will impact us for many years to come because all of us work on max like uh double digit hours almost every day Mm -hmm. um or at least touch a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> at least touch even if it's not work right I, I i get most of the things that i'm doing in my life that are that are digital happen on a mac of some sort so it will have a major impact on us and there are certain implications that the r macs have right with virtualization and new things that could happen in them and also kind of the mac platform diverging a bit because surely those macs will have some kind of new components in them hmm. that might make them special over others like the you know the a14 has a lot if you look at the chip design a good chunk of that is for non-cpu and gpu a good chunk of that is for things like the neural engine and those kind of components hmm. and i'd be surprised if they completely ripped them out right hmm. they, they'll probably keep them and use them for similar things for like very fast like uh ml operations on on max which we've not had because all of those had to happen on the gpu or cpu so far so i think there's a lot of potential for apple to use that in like photos and all the apps that that they use that use ml stuff but also for potential new things that that are maybe are mac exclusive and and then obviously the the potential for third party developers to like for for image editing, video editing, audio editing. I, I'm sure there are a lot of tasks that can be uh, accelerated with those kind of things, especially as those kind of tools get more and more ML features. I think that's that's quite exciting. Mm. And Apple, I'm sure Apple is excited. They wouldn't spend that much resources and that much footprint on a chip if they wouldn't think it's important. Mm. Mm. Um, 
so uh, i'm i think there's there's a lot that we'll hear in the november event and i i wonder how much of that will leak because in the grand scheme of things as far as volume goes iphones are way larger yeah. and the supply chain is almost kind of set up at this point to find iphone leaks mm-hmm. um well, because the demand for iphone leaks is so much more significant exactly mm-hmm. i mean we don't really yeah. see many apple watch leaks either and that's yeah. still a massive business but mm-hmm. It's mm. not to the iPhone scale. Yeah, but the iPhone but also is also something that needs ca- that they exactly. have the case yeah, market, mm. right? Well, there's not really yeah. anything. Yeah, like, like that. millions and third-party accessories, like millions yeah. of dollars of value of knowing the the kind of exact mm. dimensions. And Apple is usually sharing di- uh, dimensions with certain uh, exactly. third parties, right? Like yep. uh, Belkin is usually having something, and some of the case manufacturers get schematics early, at least to get like the. the the device sizes yeah, because yeah. they want to have those ready for day one and they have employees that might not follow the same secrecy uh, guidelines that apple has internally or their manufacturers do not follow them right because yeah, now yeah. belkin and the others have to manufacture those mm. because if they want to have them ready for day one they probably have to start manufacturing them months before or uh before before the release and who knows what those factories you know maybe there's someone who's who would like to earn an extra few thousand yeah, dollars there's just so many parties involved mm. in it, so it's very likely well for for macbooks exactly. you know how big is the case market for macbooks how much yeah it might how many be like party accessories there might be like a sleeve company but even that i'm yeah uh, but it's also more wiggle room yeah. <laughs> quite literally right <laughs> yeah, yeah. a sleeve you can put like if the macbook is slightly slimmer yeah. uh, whatever as long as like to yeah, you tend to be within like 11 inch 13 inch 15 inch but i also think this year for the macbook for the arm max the physical dimensions are the least interesting thing mm. right if, if mm. we would get a leak tomorrow it's like 12.9 inch we're like cool uh doesn't tell us anything it's like i guess that's what apple will call a 13 inch Mm -hmm. you know unless there's like a rumor for a 5 inch or a 55 inch none of those would be interesting right as long as it's kind of in the range of i don't know 11 to to 15 Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be surprised would you guys be interested in a 17 inch macbook you mean for for weightlifting (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely not the 16 inch is big enough yeah okay I don't like laptops. I don't know. No, no, I know, but I think a reason why you don't like laptops is because the screen is too small. So, do you think something like, let's say, it's, it's you not, would need a new laptop and you could get unless Apple makes a twenty-seven inch uh, MacBook. I, you know, I, I'm not in a situation. Would you get a twenty-seven inch MacBook if if they would also get rid of the iMac? Then I don't have a choice. <laughs> okay, but no, I, I mean, I'm I'm interested in in iMacs. MacBooks are not. They're my backup devices. So I'm tangentially interested in them because I know it's a big market and a lot of people use Macs, MacBooks. Um, and they can be interesting in a lot of ways. But for me, a uh, laptop will always be a secondary computing device that I use in emergency situations when I have to go places or in places where I deliberately go places. But overall, it's more of a... I use my iMac whenever I can. And if I can't, I have a I have a laptop. Yeah. So I'm not interested in anything that's... Yeah. I that, assume that would be your answer. I just thought I want to check. Yeah, so it's it's not... I mean, the the size is such a small part of mm. what I what I prefer... Why I prefer... Um, like, otherwise, I could just have a MacBook with an external monitor, right? If, if it would only be the size component, there's, there's a lot more to it mm. where I prefer um, desktop computers over, over laptops. Yeah, cool. 
But, you know, it will be interesting. I, mm. I think there will be a lot of interesting things in this particular transition. Mm. And it's also like just the fact of hearing which machines will we see in November. Mm. You know, that alone is interesting to me. Like, will we only see laptops? Will we see any desktops? Mm. If we see des desktops, which ones? I mean, we, we already have, I think we put... We did that a few episodes ago, tens of episodes ago, maybe by now, where we ha actually predicted which computers we think yes, yeah. we have to, mm, we like have to get back to that. Uh, yeah, it was a mm. while ago. But we have to get back to that uh, once they actually ship them and see uh, <laughs> who of us got anything, right? Because mm. we tried to predict kind of the, the roadmap. Um, but, you know, those things will be interesting. The phrasing and the, the mm. selling of why this is interesting to, to non-developers, right? Because ARM is only interesting, or uh, Apple yeah. Silicon is only interesting to a very small f fraction of people. Yeah, yeah, they really have to sell it from more like, what can you do with it? And, and I, I hope they, they do. Yeah, because I do think that that would that's the way I much prefer Apple selling things. This is what it allows you as the user, you as the developer, whoever, to to accomplish with this that was either hard or impossible before. Rather than I, I felt like the iPhone event was a bit more. He has a tech spec, mm. 5G. It's like, what can you do with it? It's really fast. If you if you urgently need an entire season of a Netflix show, you can download that now. And like, it feels like a stretch. But I I hope for the for the Apple Silicon Max, we see more about more of a story around how how does that mm. change mm -hmm. certain things. I'll be quite excited about just the the way that it's being phrased and the way it's presented and the lineup and there are a lot of Super exciting things, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think we're still expecting the 17th of November, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, will be exciting. Mm. We should, should be good. A, uh, yeah. We'll do an event predictions episode, as always, sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, a bit sooner, uh, mm. just to avoid the leaks this time around. <laughs> Despite, I, I'm not expecting too many leaks. Nah, neither. Um, we'll see. Yeah, because realistically, where would it come from? <laughs> we just, now we're going back. Let's... Not continue yeah. with the leaks. Cool. All right. Well, then, then it's you in charge of Zach, right? <laughs> <then>. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, Zach, it was mm. probably like four weeks ago you released your That's big petty update. That's a segue. <laughs> Do you really need a segue? Okay. I, I was going to say, uh, speaking, speaking of great Mac apps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you should do the segue. Um. Okay, so I think we want to talk a little bit about our projects and how they're going. Is that, mm -hmm. is that where we're getting at? Yes. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Speaking cool. of things that are coming up soon, how's Petty <laughs> going and where are you going next? Where? Well, I'm pretty confined to this house for the foreseeable future and... Really? You're going to ruin yeah. the segue? <laughs> <laughs> Also, this is an open call for new co-hosts. If anyone's <laughs> interested, please send an email to my priority inbox immediately. Must be good at segues. <laughs> um, <laughs> must be not terrible at segues. My bar is low. Low bar, low bar. And, and um, must not ruin good segues. Okay, okay speaking okay. of exciting things to come and apps and stuff like that. I leave and, all of this and, in, by the way. And Max. Yeah, this is fantastic. Um, you use a Mac, Zach, to build your app Petty. Mm. Uh, I, I do use a Mac. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> so, how Petty, Petty, how's it going? Um, well, I had the launch like a few weeks ago, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. That's all right. It's, uh, people, people are finding it. People are downloading it. Not a huge amount. That's um, 
about one person an hour for the last few weeks. So it's not terrible. Um, it's a, I'm pretty, you know, given it's a very limited market, I feel like that's half decent. Um, Mm -hmm. some people subscribe, not a huge number, like about one or two a day. It's, it's okay. Um, it's like, it's nice to see the, the downloads come in every day. It's kind of fun to check, uh, sort of. Mm. They come out about nine download reports come out about nine PM here. So, you know, one of the last things I check before I sleep. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> um but what's next? There's there's a lot. Um so the last sort of fortnight specifically, I haven't had too much time to put into it because I've been busy with other work. But um I'm slowly chipping away at some new features. I'm actually I've started doing watchOS stuff again, which as you both know is amongst my favorite type of development to do. <laughs> I have built complicated. No, no, I love. I, you're, you're really, you're, I you're genuinely one of the few like people who actually them. like it. Yeah. yeah, because a good watch app is not easy to design. Like you know, it's got to have a few set mm. interactions. But a good watch app is really fun to use. And mm. just mm-hmm. looking at some of my favorite watch apps, like Air Matters and Carrot Weather, they're they're the types of apps that are really good at. A small glanceable information. I know that's the phrase Apple always uses, but it's like you want a piece of information. You can get there in a couple of seconds, get the the data you need and get it out of the app. And that's great. And the other uh, watch app that I use quite commonly is HealthFace for inputting blood glucose data. And it's got a really good way of being able to scroll uh, to the next value using the digital crown on the watch. So that's also a really good interaction, but it's these kind of short interactions. So it's kind of hard to design these things well, but the the outcome can be really nice. And honestly, the Petty Watch app is pretty subpar at the moment. It's bare bones. Um, but at least in my development, I have built uh, all the complications except the new like graphic large, the one where you can put a Swift UI view in there because I mm-hmm. need to I need to build that out. Um, mm. And the other thing I started, I put in like 20 minutes yesterday, was uh, actually redesigning the main Watch app because I want to bring all the trends. I want to bring the like list of closest stations and stuff and all of this is so much easier now that i have my own server and i know i've mentioned that on and off for the last six months but just having that and being able to sort of have these custom api calls that i can do that sort of give the exact amount of data i need and you know not using unnecessary data on the watch it's it's really nice um so that's very exciting but that's kind of i mean really how useful is petty on the watch i don't know but it's something I've wanted to work on for ages and I'm going to have a lot of fun building. So that's why I'm doing it. I don't think it's going to sell more copies, but it's fun. And as I've mentioned, I love watch development. So I am having a ball starting that. And even though I know I've only said I've put a few hours into it, but it's still lots of fun. After that, I I actually don't hate watch development, but now when we're actually being able to build independent watch apps yep, and yep. use swift ui for them mm-hmm. i do think that 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 came a long way what i oh, didn't like better. in the early days with uh watch kit was when you had to sync with the kind of host uh, application mm-hmm. yeah like those the like the, the very early days mm-hmm. that's what i thought was annoying because you constantly you had to deal with so many weird edge cases mm-hmm. that are not rely where you had to figure out get a connection get the data from a from the app that was slow to yep. then even being able to say will i even be able to get data because yeah, maybe exactly. the user hasn't logged in or maybe they, they've never launched it that's what i found annoying because you still want to handle them but you don't know how and i feel like now we're in a point where the watch apps are independent enough that you can make a lot more assumptions of what the state is you're in and then fetch data by yourself you don't have to do all this kind of talking to to the different app and i think it's actually it's not a 
if people haven't tried it in a while, I think it, it might be worthwhile again because it's been significantly improved over the last few years. Good point about the independent watch app, actually. And that's one of the things that I have noticed has improved is because you even on this, when you're building and running for the simulator, you don't oh, have yeah. to go through yeah. the phone anymore. It, it works. It just works like the mm. iOS simulator. I've had no problems building and running to the simulator since doing this watchOS stuff. And mm. granted, I've only spent a very minimal amount of time, but it's fantastic. It works as reliably mm. as the iPhone simulator mm. does in my experiences, which is pretty good so and it's day and night just for the workflow of being able to run it because i think i I didn't spend as much time on watch apps as you did but i would say of that time i probably spent 20 20 percent of that time on trying to make the simulator and the watch simulator communicate with each other um (laughs) and now we can apple watch yeah it's like and it's it's infuriating because Mm -hmm. you don't even know what do i do now i reset my simulators didn't do it it's like why reset restart xcode like didn't do it restart your mac and somehow that fixed it i'm like what on my mac was in a state for those two simulators that i can physically see on the screen next to each other Mm -hmm. uh i guess digitally see next to each other that they cannot (laughs) communicate with each other and those kind of things were that kind of frustrated me but now i think it's it's actually quite fun yeah nice Hmm. um yeah so that's kind of immediate up next following Mm -hmm. that and i have no time frame for this uh i have 90 day trends and i'm Mm -hmm. also bringing trends to more non-petrol fuel types like diesel and stuff Uh, but Mm -hmm. the only reason i haven't released that stuff yet is because i still kind of need 90 days worth of data so i'm letting my Mm -hmm. server just do its thing and as soon as i get to kind of like the 85th day i'll probably submit the app and then release it on the 90th day so that's coming, <laughs> that's built, but not merged and shipped yet. Um, <laughs> and then the other big one is data from other states. So the New South Wales API is supposed to have Tasmanian prices in the same API mm-hmm. at the moment, but I was mm-hmm. testing that yesterday and there's no Tasmanian petrol stations being returned <laughs> by the API, even though the okay. version of the API that's meant to have it is there. So, I spent some time preparing my server to be able to handle this. So, that involves, you know, adding a column in the database Mm -hmm. and adding New South Wales for all the existing stuff. And then I'll update it accordingly as the data comes in. But I have no way to test it without, like, mocking requests and stuff, which I'm Mm -hmm. not ready to do yet. So, I'm hoping that that API gets updated soon and then I can start testing and making sure that it all fits nicely with my trends and stuff. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have Tasmanian state prices interfering with the new south wales state Mm -hmm. prices and and Mm -hmm. this and that um that's probably going to be that's probably going to be harder than if i have like a separate api like for queensland or something and just Mm -hmm. tying that in um that i Mm -hmm. assume that'll be easier then i'll have to add a bit of ui for flicking between the states shouldn't be too difficult it'll really only affect the trends tab because if you think about petty the stations tab there's no point i mean maybe if i do if i do filters i'll I'll allow states and stuff but at the moment there's no filter so i might as well just show you mm-hmm. the closest stations like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you are like i just show mm-hmm. them to you so mm-hmm. if you yeah. are in victoria you're going to get the tasmanian ones and if you're in new south wales you'll see the new south mm-hmm. wales ones like that should be easy um if they're all being returned from the same api but then trends i do want to be able to flick between states but it will be an interesting problem in the future anyways because you'll probably if you for example at queensland you might have people that are in new south wales but their closest station is actually in queensland oh no this will just all it'll it'll mix and match yeah exactly 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I think that's so it. So, it'll right show, approach. like, if you're on the border, it might show mm. you five from New South Wales and five from Queensland. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. The, where that so kind of be, falls down is the trends. You can travel sort of sim. Oh, okay. Because mm. logically, you can only see trends for one step. Like, it doesn't make sense to, like, combine all the trends. That just mm-hmm. isn't okay. a thing that, that would make sense, um, mm. given mm. different states have different policies on, on how mm. these things mm. work. So, but, yeah, you'll be able to set and change and, and whatnot. Mm. So, that's kind of all up and coming, um, mm. oh, which is it's fun and exciting. But there's mm. a lot of work to do. I think a lot of back-end stuff to do to support the extra states. So, I have no idea if the garbage code I've written works, um, but I'll test <laughs> that when I can and we'll see how we go. The confidence. Oh. Um, to be fair, the the garbage server code that I have in production at the moment is amongst the best code I've ever written. It doesn't. It, there's no problems with I it. It doesn't crash. The server your, works. You're underselling like, your code. <laughs> oh, it's very inefficient. You should see this code. Maybe I'll send you snippets and you'll laugh okay. at me. <laughs> well, it works. It, like that's the thing. It works. It's not the cleanest code. If I was going for an interview somewhere, I wouldn't want to show this code, but <laughs> it does the job. Um, yeah. So how's hmm. how's Orbit going? Is the code cleaner and the grass greener? <laughs> uh, it, it, now, now in comparison, it sounds like the code's cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and no, I think our server code is is, is neat. Um, nice. I, I in general do enjoy backend development a lot because you don't have to i don't know it, it makes it really easy i mean maybe i'm contradicting you your, your what you just said but i find like it's very easy to write kind of small small functions that return mm-hmm. data if you write something for an api because you have this mm-hmm. one thing that returns the data for what it needs uh kind of it's a very clear functional approach of mm-hmm. in input stuff and and the output it returns no all that stuff like interacting with database that stuff's all clean my mm-hmm. what what my garbage code is is the like actual processing so every 15 minutes i pull down the latest oh, prices yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. and then i basically yeah. chunk it up as I need and then mm-hmm. send it off to the various databases. Like I've got to do all the calculations mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. price, like average prices. And mm-hmm. that part is where it kind of gets messy. Like I have many nested loops of like, um, you know, for each petrol type, mm-hmm. only take the petrol type mm-hmm. from this station. Yeah. So I'm looping yeah. over this like list of 2000 stations a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not the fastest thing. And mm-hmm. I-, I could do, I could write it more efficiently, but it kind of works. And, it's not the type of thing that it's not running on people's devices. Like this is exactly, not the kind yeah, of code yeah. that I would write on the client. Like mm-hmm. that's slowing yeah. people down. This the and fact it's also that nothing that's slow actually affects no one. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's the also server nothing doing it that the user is requesting, right? Mm-hmm. It just happens without an API call happening from the user's perspective, exactly. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. This as long doesn't as they don't have to wait around, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And as always, premature optimization is is the cause of all doom. So <laughs> why 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 do that? Yeah, yeah. No, it, um, it's not terrible. It's just not as clean as I would like it. But that's okay. No, I but can fast, fix it. If uh, you need to. Quite quite exciting uh, week, I think. Yeah, we've been featured yeah. in multiple countries. Uh, That's very exciting, yeah, and and different lists as well, which is yeah. really exciting. So we're, we're, we're currently in, in this week's favorites uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Mm. Uh, we've been this week's favorite in Canada last week, and we're also in add widgets to your home screen. And uh, we're actually oh how exciting the, uh, widgets to your home. That's the, a good list to be in. Yeah, mm. and we're and, also in the top carousel in the apps. Um, Woo. Um, 
apps tab uh, mm-hmm. That's awesome. in the new apps uh, category mm-hmm. uh, and in business and in productivity so a lot of apps to love yeah. which is super exciting and i'm very happy that we are in those specific categories like people who actually look for business apps can now find us very easily um, because mm-hmm. we're actually in that specific one and, and we have like exciting. nice artwork because we're in a carousel we have like nice artwork there which is super exciting to see when you go to the app store and you see the thing you've worked so hard on it's it's both really nice and and kind of feels validating somehow yeah, to, to, awesome. to to get that so yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's no, it feels super exciting because i think uh like it's we've been really excited about the app and now it's nice that we can have a chance to like we can talk to people and show it to people but it's also awesome that apple is thinking it's a good enough app so they want to show it as well and yeah. uh, speaking of we're also having a whole bunch of improvements coming yeah uh, because i think so far the first launch experience has always been what we were the least happy about because at the moment orbit right it's a paid app it's a it's a subscription app but you can't really do anything in the app without a subscription so we were always like if you have had a subscription before you can look at all your historic data and it's in read-only mode but if you're a new user who's not paid us anything you essentially or or started a trial at least Hmm. you're not really seeing anything yeah, yeah. I mean, you, like a, we, we do have the ability for you to like go into a viewer mode, which we call tourist mode, so that mm. you can actually look at what the app would look like if you've been using it for a few months. So it has this like sample data, and I think that's quite nice if you want to get an idea of it. But I felt like but that, was that also feature was not as prominent. So no, but it was also last minute addition that we thought of. Hey, that would be a nice way of at least giving someone an idea of what it looks like. Mm. <laughs> so it wasn't uh, built as much of a core kind of exploration feature as we think it should be. So uh, you couldn't, for example, use it when you were already logged in. So Mm -hmm. a common scenario was user super excited, sees our app somewhere, they download it, they create an account, we ask for money, they say no, and now they can't even see the rest of the app anymore. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, they would have to actually log out and then enter the tourist mode again from the login screen. Yeah, so we've made some small tweaks to that. So now you can just enter tourist mode from anywhere if you've not had an active subscription. So if you do create an account, you're you're seeing the pay screen, you're not willing to pay yet, you can hit the tourist mode and explore. And if that sells you, cool, you can then subscribe or start a trial. If it doesn't, then that's fine too. At least you could see what you decline, which we think makes a lot more sense because it both sides, right? We don't want users to to start a trial or, or pay us if what we're offering isn't what they need. But we also don't want to lose people who it would be perfect for because uh, they couldn't see whether it is perfect for their use case. Yeah. Yep. So I, yeah. I think that's yeah. that's like a quick win for us uh, to, yeah. to, to add that. I just that. think that makes the experience so much better. So we've been working on both like making the sign-up screen a bit more obvious. We want to make sure that people know that if they before it we usually had like a sign-in screen and then they have to create an account um but we didn't have the users wouldn't know that it's a subscription coming up later on like they know that it's a subscription app but they weren't sure like they wouldn't know at that point what you need the subscription what our policy is even right because it might be free and then you get a subscription for certain features or you know there's a whole bunch of different ways of of doing a subscription app yeah so what we're doing now is to try to be a bit more explain that a bit more upfront and show the starting price as well at an earlier stage so that people know okay it seems like i have to sign up for a subscription and i think that will make people a bit more just aware of how the flow is going to work before they jump into the flow and then they can create an account and then they will be able to get the subscription they want and we also um, sent you some pictures we can try to put them in the show notes as well um, so we are also making some changes to the subscription screen because I felt like 
we sort of wanted to be like give the user as much information as possible. We were like, they should really know what they're signing up for and they should know that they have team plan options or they can go with monthly and yearly. And we gave them so many options because we're like, options are great. It's great to be open about <laughs> what everything is, how this whole app is working. Yeah. And then we realized that's just like crowding people with text and people yeah. like, I don't know. I don't abundance know. It's, it, it's a bit overwhelming mm. in that. So yeah. And like you say, abundance of choice is like, if, if they have to like, think about like now like oh maybe i want to try it out with one person but then there are also team crew plans like we thought we want to make like the most common use case like one single user signing up for like the the plan that they save most money on that should be the one that is the easiest for them to pick they shouldn't have to like read our instructions on how to pick mm. it it should be very intuitive for them and like for yeah. for, ni- for 99 of all users mm. the plan they choose we now made the default yeah yeah so it's just if you if if you're part of the 99 of users you can just like look at the screen and continue rather than yeah. having to make a whole bunch of weird choices yeah and i think if you are the one percent that would want more custom option then i think you uh, you you will be aware of that beforehand as well uh, but even if not uh, it's we made it super easy already before to upgrade or downgrade hmm. and now we're just relying on that a bit more rather than making all those choices up front you can just start a single user subscription and if you're like hey i want to add another person you just upgrade and it happens immediately anyway so why why make that many choices up front when you haven't even seen the app and you're not even in a situation where you can invite people yet? Mm. Why wouldn't we make the defaults? I mean, it's still in there, but it's mm. it's not as prominent anymore because now the prominent flow is you sign up, start a trial for a single user, and if you want to add more people, you go in there and, mm. and change to a two, three, four, five people plan, mm. right? And so we were never... Re- like, I, was, I felt like this was always the weakest part of our app, like the whole sign up and subscription part, but... And that's I think, unfortunate, right? Yeah, because yeah. 100% of people will see that flow. Yeah. You yeah. can you can literally not get around that flow, and we were always feeling like we almost had to give people a disclaimer, mm-hmm. like make sure you get through this flow because what you see afterwards we think is really nice. Yeah, yeah, but I think uh, the reason why we went with that was because at that point we didn't have a great idea of how we wanted to design that screen in a more intuitive way. We just didn't really know how, what we wanted, so we thought we need to ship at some point, and uh, so we figured we we use what we had that we use something that was sem- very similar to what we had on macOS at that point. Uh, and I think on macOS, people expect a little bit more text. Uh, so we thought we reused that. Yeah, but different then, apps, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we do think now when we have a good idea of how we want this to look like, we might even bring that across to macOS. But At least some I of the, the concepts, like mm. some of the, not, not necessarily the way it looks or the way that UI behaves, but more conceptually that we have a default flow that people can click next, 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 if they really want to. I think that as a concept will move across, but I think the the way we're presenting it will probably be different. Yeah. Because having like a swipeable thing on top is is not lending itself as nicely for a Mac, especially sideways scrolling where the mouse is just super awkward. Hmm. So we would definitely change the presentation, but the concept should be the same, that if you're... The, the most common user it should not be so much of a hassle to 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 get started yeah from what i've seen so far it's looking really nice and really modern and very ios-y um, mm-hmm. which is good mm-hmm. and and it kind of it's fun and inviting like it's not a boring wall of text saying this is what mm-hmm. you get when you subscribe mm-hmm. it just looks really appealing and you know as we we talk about a lot one of the advantages of that kind of attention to detail it, it makes it look like you know what you're doing, which, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you do, obviously, but having, 
like seeing an app that like puts that amount of attention and care into their premium mm-hmm. subscription page mm-hmm. shows that the rest of the app is probably like this, and mm-hmm. this is probably the the attention and to detail that is going to be in the rest of the app once I start mm. using it. So I yeah. think it's really good and it's a very welcoming uh, subscription mm. screen, mm. which is quite mm. nice. Thanks. Yeah. And it is, it is also part of our like sales exercise in a way, right? Because realistically people do not know what to expect. You know, I, I sometimes, sometimes I open an app and within 30 seconds, I can tell you that this is not an app I would enjoy using. Mm. And um, I think in general, like the rest of our app, I think it's quite intuitive and we never like everything is quite step by step. You don't have to like add all of your information for like a project at once. So you don't have to add a budget. Like everything is very optional and you can make it as advanced as you want. And I feel like we managed to do that in quite an intuitive way. But the subscription page was this place where it's like, look at all this text and look at all those options. And I can imagine that like that would be give people the impression that they will have to have all those options throughout the rest of the app. Whereas I think the rest of the mm. app is a lot more step by step in that way. So I think I think this fits a lot more with like our general philosophy for mm. the app as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'm I'm quite happy with that. And we're also in general trying to, to for our philosophy of decision making. <laughs> uh, it's it's towards trying to get to like financial sustainability as quickly as we can so because we do know sometimes we're we're very much we're spending a lot of time on on kind of niche features that may that doesn't make any impact but we're at the moment at a point where we do want orbit to become our source of income right Mm. and for us to be sustainable on that because and i think the sooner we can do that the sooner we can spend time on those like niche things that are like really really neat and really nice as well i mean they they Um, still creep in right we still sometimes put a lot of effort into some super minor detail that no one will ever notice Mm. like we we were like during the onboarding we were talking about we show like in one we show a calendar and we're Mm. like hey would we really need if we would actually show it's 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 more of an illustration it looks like an illustration but we're like hey would we kind of need to to add like uh, that it actually shows the correct uh, date and and um uh, the, the the correct month the day and month that that of the day that you were looking at it we're like all right that that's like creating a lot more artwork and mm. probably not worth it considering that our goal is to to be sustainable as soon as possible so we we're, we're really trying to without kind of compromising anything rather focus shifting our focus towards things that that get us there and we do think that that kind of subscription screen because we have different type of people coming to the app right some some feel tricked at the moment because they're like hey i download an app it's free i create an account and then you tell me to pay and uh i i understand that right it it would be annoying um so that's that we we really do not want that to happen um and then the other ones that were like hey i was kind of hesitant and then i sent up but now i love it it's like all right cool that's Hmm. if we can make that flow feel the same quality as the rest i do think that will go a long way Hmm. um but it's tricky you know uh making apps and trying to to turn it into a living is is not so easy. And I do mm. think having that focus of like that that's our goal mm. uh, is mm. is super important. And now also yeah, when you've we got do a get, clear goal, which is good. Mm. Mm. But mm. also seeing like like some love from the app store and those mm-hmm. kind of things makes it feel like we know every single person sees that flow. Mm. So it's it's like our our highest priority mm. thing to to 
to solve. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we, we do have the solution already. We just have to actually finish up the feature. And I think we will probably be done by the time this episode comes out. So mm. that is really exciting. I'm very happy about that. Mm. And then we're going to move over to um, continue with our Big Sur changes, mm. which is exciting too. But uh, once we have this out as well, we're thinking about trying some more um, like some different type of marketing as well. Uh, now when we're on the iOS app store, we thought we should try search ads a bit more, which we haven't been able to do on the Mac app store. So it's kind of interesting to see how those pan out. But also, again, we felt like this was the most important step in, in the kind of onboarding process to fix because if we actually spent like actual real dollars on on trying to, to show more people what we built, um, the, the nicer and, the, you know, a any kind of improvement to that flow will have a significant improvement of how much our ads will get us right if if mm-hmm. we're like uh if i don't know we didn't really set on how much money we want to spend we want to experiment a bit and see mm. where where do ads work like yeah. app store how how does that convert um or or linkedin and twitter and probably not facebook um but we we, we want to try like small experiments and see see mm. how how that turns into people actually signing up or subscribing, and then then seeing if that's that's a method that will work for us. Because clearly, advertisement works for a lot of companies, um, so I'm sure we find a way for it to work for us as well. Mm. But uh, that's kind of our our kind of goal that we're following, or the the kind of uh, goal that we're trying to restrict our actions by because we mm-hmm. we do have a tendency of like hey let's polish everything mm. uh, all the way mm. uh, and spend countless hours on this super tiny detail but i mm. think it's more important and overall better for every user as well if if we get to a point where where we can spend like 100 percent of our time on that that would you know lead to a mm. better and more features that you get for free you know mm. if you're a subscriber all the new features you're not paying more for you're just getting more mm. features and more more interesting things uh and the more time we have the, the better the app or the more things the app will do that kind of help the workflow like expense tracking and and receipt scanning and all of those kind of things that we actually want to work on but we have to find a way of of making it sustainable for us to do all those things without having to worry about where you know where to get money for rent and those kind of things so i do think that that goal uh makes sense mm. for us yep sounds fair and mm. I also find it interesting. Um, making decisions uh, is an interesting thing uh, because I, I hear that a lot on on people talking about their products and how they're hung up on decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're very good at like if we think it's an improvement, let's build it. Even if we think there might be an even better way in the future, let's let's like make iterative steps mm-hmm. towards. Mm-hmm what we think is is better mm-hmm. and i think even even the onboarding i don't or the kind of subscription flow i don't think the the flow will will ship will be the flow it will stay for the next three years yeah but we think it's a significant improvement and then there are other things where we're at the moment we we were kind of like ah, eh, there were kind of different ways of phrasing that certain things but we don't want that to distract from us shipping something that's unequivocally better than what it is. And if if we feel like next week we want to improve it some more, we can do that. You know, there's no. And that's it, the thing. It is so easy to just continue iterating on things now. And I think uh, I, I think that is something we noticed in even even with like 
the way we're working together and also the tools we're using, I think SwiftUI makes it quite easy for us. If we think, oh, maybe we shouldn't display the subscription screen as soon as you create an account, maybe we should display it here instead. It's very easy to move things around as well. Um, and yeah, we, we have, I'm quite happy with just continuing iterating. I think it feels like I, I like that better. And like, especially since we do have a subscription app with our features, we like to sort of release them when they are ready rather than like holding them too long because I think anything, many things, there are so many improvements we can make at the moment and why shouldn't we release that? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but also it's, it's, it's even on the start, right? Being, it's so often that people cannot make a decision because two options are not perfect, but both of them are better than what you have. And it's weird, mm-hmm. right? That people refuse to do something that's clearly better than what you have because they can't decide between which of the two better options is the is the best or the most perfect or trying to find a third solution that is mm-hmm. perfect in every way. But I do think there's a lot of value of just as long as you're getting better. Uh, and even if that rate isn't like you're not improving by 100% every time, but if you're like improving by 10% a week, that's a lot of percentage over the years, you know? So I think that is a very important way of of especially when you're small and you're able to to Mm -hmm. make decisions and implement them and move on and that's the thing like it's not like we have to make make a whole team pivot like we're just changing our priorities basically Mm. or we are just moving things around by ourselves so we can talk so easily about it and that's the good thing with us being the two of us right cool um so much about short episode I I kind of only have two more things, two more rants about tech companies' return uh, policies. This is going to be <laughs> taking a really long time. No, I, 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 it is. I think we should delay this. Are you talking about... Wait, there's so many things that you could refer to. <laughs> Are you talking about your return stuff? This is a whole stuff? special episode in and of uh, itself. Kai monologuing. Uh, yeah, Are you yeah. talking about the problems with your things you have to... Re- get replaced at the moment yeah so i i had an apple watch series 5 right and the ecg stopped working so i contacted apple so the the situation for the for the watch was you open the ecg app or ekg depending on which way you prefer um and uh, it tells you hey put your finger on the crown and then we'll take an ecg you put your finger on the crown and nothing would happen um and my series 4 put your finger on the crown ecg happens as you would expect uh i tried Marlin's watch put a finger on the crown one also has a series five and ecg happened so and clearly I, my, I tried your watch as yeah, well it's and it didn't work so clearly it was a watch issue so contacted apple as you would expect saying hey here this is the, the problem we ran through diagnostics they're like yep seems to be a hardware issue you within a warranty period cool so we sent you a box you put it in there you you, you get it picked up by fedex and we will fix it up or send you a new one i don't know what apple's policy for repairing apple watches is so, so far, so good. Uh, um, I got a notification. Hey, we received your watch. Uh, super cool. I was like excited. Uh, five minutes later, I think it was literally five minutes later, uh, I got an email. Hey, the watch is on the way back and there there was an issue and we sent you a letter with the with the watch about with details about what happened. I was like, that is Why can't you say in the email what yeah, happened? Did you end up getting this letter? I'm curious. No, not yet. It was okay. supposed to come on Friday, but now it's rescheduled for Monday. Oh, okay. Um but I logged into the uh like repair status and there it says that it couldn't reproduce the issue. Uh which is first of all, I don't understand why the process is we couldn't reproduce the issue and we just send it back. 
if you can reproduce the issue and we've been through like an hour of support on the phone where we tried all the things like i was literally on the phone with someone from from uh like apple support team doing the whole unpairing resetting repairing trying again setting it up as a new watch trying again didn't work diagnostics do you want to give us access every, all the the whole basically the full <laughs> process uh, including trying like we're in a situation where we have like four different apple watches that we can try and all of them work but this one so it was very clearly you know if if you completely reset the watch set it up as a new one try it out doesn't work and all the other ones work it's probably not that you're your body is too resistant to to uh, yeah. electromagnetic forces mm-hmm. through your body, so it's mo- very likely to be a, 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 an issue with the with the watch. And I even um, the issue started with WatchOS six, and mm-hmm. before I shipped it back, I actually updated to WatchOS seven just to see maybe a software issue that they fixed. But it's still still the same way, so it was very clearly a a hardware type defect. And another thing that indicated hardware defect: if you push the crown in, which you shouldn't have to for an ecg if you push it in and hold it really 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 tightly sometimes it would start a countdown for like Mm. a second before it would reset itself so it's very clearly some kind of connectivity issue between the kind of the crown cap and and the watch something anyway also it's weird because they have your phone number so they could have just even if they don't look at the logs they could have seen that they they could just ask I, you. I, yeah that's that's the thing now right what what is it is it that uh, the description wasn't accurate enough for them to know what they're looking for mm-hmm. did they maybe think the ecg app wouldn't launch because there was an issue apparently with the uh that the ecg app wouldn't show up on certain regions and i was fixing a software update did they only look hey ecg app is there cool sending it back must have been the software issue that that we fixed mm. I, I just don't understand why the process wouldn't be like, hey, if that customer went through two hours of a support call hmm. to trying to figure out like all the common ways of, of uh, excluding other possibilities for hmm. why this might be happening, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they call me and ask? Yeah, I just feel like it seems like such a waste now because now they're going to send it back. And it will most likely not work for you specifically. And then you have to call them again. I mean, not me specifically. It will probably just still be broken. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But for some reason, they couldn't reproduce it. But you will probably be able to reproduce it. And then you will call them again. And I'm on the phone for two hours. And realistically, I'm not going to say, I guess ECG is not going to work on this watch, right? I'm still going to try it. It will not work. I'll call them again, say, look, this case number for some reason couldn't be reproduced. But it's still broken. And I, I have to spend another wasteful hour of of going through the steps again most likely then they will probably be more hesitant because now someone already looked at it and said it couldn't be reproduced so it will be just more hassle and then in the end they will send someone from fedex again to send me a stupid new box and i put my phone my watch in that box again they send it there again they probably this time find find someone who can try ecg and then it's just such a waste of everyone's time and resources and shipping things unnecessarily across the country <sighs> yeah, a yeah. bit annoying. And I feel like it could have been fixed so easily because realistically, I don't need my broken watch back urgently. I would have totally been fine even if it was 5 p.m. and they all had to leave. Just give me a call next day. Say, hey, looks looks like we couldn't but reproduce that this. Been, surely that would have been easier for them too to make that call mm-hmm. and then not have to go through this dance again inevitably mm-hmm. when it doesn't yeah. work, right? Mm-hmm. So even and even even best case scenario, right? Even if they call me, it's like, hey, looks like we received your watch. I put my finger on the crown. I'm not, you know, I'm doing exactly what you said wouldn't work, and it does. 
should we just send it back to you? It's like, cool, I guess. But I just knowing that we are all on the same page would waste so much less of everyone's time. And I think that's a weird process and a bit annoying because now I'm wondering, do I get... Maybe on Monday I get a watch back and due to whatever rumbling happened during shipment, like maybe something actually did get better. I don't know. I just wonder. was loose, pop back into place. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what is the scenario, right? Is yeah. Do I put it back on and it just doesn't work and they didn't test? That would be annoying too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a bit frustrating. Hmm. Anyway, I, I hope that is being resolved because it's such, again, unnecessary hours wasted of yeah. everyone involved. Not just me, right? For Apple, they're shipping stuff with UPS or FedEx uh, back and forth across the continent for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll see. Mm. Uh, tune in next week to hear more about what happened with this Apple Watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably the most annoyed person about this. No, I, I mean, I'm annoyed too. I've been watching you through the process. It's not. It doesn't seem fun. Yeah. Um, it seems uh, it's strange. It's just a way, weird way of doing it. It's like if you would go into the Apple store and tell them that something is broken, they wouldn't just hand it back to you. They would ask you more questions and be like, "Well, but how how is it broken?" Yeah. You? If you mm-hmm. go to the Apple store and and they're like, "All right, we see your issue. We'll take it to the back," and then the 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 genius would just come back and hand it to you and say, "We sent you a letter." <laughs> okay. Uh, now what? It's like, no, we sent you a letter. You would be the furious, weird thing is that right? they even email mm. you saying that you they sent you a letter. I guess it might be an automated process so that they write the letter and then it's just sending automatically. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I yeah. don't know. It seems a bit strange. But no matter what, it, it is annoying. And mm. I mean, those kind of things going to a store is great for because mm. you can literally stand in front of someone being like, look, broken, broken, yeah. doesn't work. And they're like, cool, broken. And and you all agreed everything is broken and, and you move on. Well, this is probably some kind of internal miscommunication within Apple's because the person that I spoke to that agreed and had a, their own idea of what might be broken probably were not the ones who then received my watch to mm-hmm. to f- fix it so it was probably some kind of internal because they do have a case number right and those case numbers have a lot of notes attached to them so whoever received my watch probably didn't either the person who wrote the case notes or the person who read the case notes didn't really understand what the problem was and therefore it was filed as not reproducible and that's just annoying i'm hmm. i mean Again, I, I hope we can just go to stores and get it fixed. That makes a lot of things way easier. Anyway, uh, not going to uh, complain about Facebook's and Oculus return policy. Yeah, we'll get that for another Save time. Save this for another Because another it's not day. resolved yet. That's another thing I spend hours on. Right there, <laughs> we, need like, a, we need a happy ending for these stories. <laughs> yeah, because they, they have a return button on their website that just says whoops when you click it. Yeah. Uh, and their support request says, you know what? We get back to you in, I don't know, four business days. If you want to return to a uh, whole, yeah, whole different saga that I'll, I'll either talk about or, or hopefully forget about because it wasn't an issue and everything is just fine. Everything is fine. Should we do picks or are we are we doing picks things of the week next time? Do you all have something to... Could find something. I could find something too. Up to you. Uh, all right. Then I'll start because I have a thing. Uh, it's a Mac app called oh, Nova. Yeah. Cool. Which ah, is a... Yes. Yeah. Which is a no more no more information needed. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> uh, yeah, panic panic release Nova, which is kind of their successor to Coda, their text mm-hmm. editor for macOS, and it's just a 
Um, I, I think text editor is an interesting market on macros, right? Because there are a lot of really good free options for most people. Like I think a lot of people like VS Code and a whole bunch of different Electron type text editors. Uh. Um, and people love them. Like even people that I wouldn't expect loving Electron apps use VS Code, for example, every day and they swear by it and would never use anything else. I've begrudgingly use different text editors but i was not a hundred percent happy with any of them for a decent amount of time like i've used TextMate for for the longest time and i did try to use vs code for some stuff because it does do more ide-ish things for like web stuff which was always quite nice but when nova was released i i used that for a while and that is actually now my new default um uh text editor for almost everything it's 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 very nice it's as you would expect from panic a very nicely designed native mac app it does all the things that a make native mac app should do windows properly uh scrolling is smooth it can open very large files without any issues it has more preferences than you, you'll probably ever need which is great because just because I won't use all of them, Zach might use a different subset of them and is happy with it. Uh, nice theme support, has all the kind of code editing niceties you would expect. Uh, it has some lightweight uh, integrations with like, if you deploy things to servers and if you want to see, I don't know, like a side view of a web page as you're editing, like HTML uh, has an abundance of themes and Git integration. It, it basically has everything you could imagine a good text editor to have. And it's built with app, uh, with Panic's care to, to development. And realistically, Panic is probably one of the best, uh, Mac development companies on this planet. And, uh, as expected, they made a very, very extremely nice Mac app for, for text editing. So if you're in the market for that, uh, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And also nice. interesting business model. It's a hybrid, uh, subscription and pay upfront model where you um buy um nova for 99 dollars mm-hmm. um and you get one year of updates for it and after that you're not losing access to it you can still use it as as you want but you're no longer getting updates so yeah. it stays this it you you essentially buy nova this date one year after you buy it initially because that's what you'll keep forever and you can keep using it as long as you want. If you then want updates, I think it's $49 uh, US uh, for each subsequent year. So 99 for the first and then renewals on 49 And that's Which generally a good is- model too because if you find that a year after you bought it, there's no compelling new features, you can wait for mm. a year and then you know maybe a year or two and then you give them the $49 exactly. when there's something that comes along. So, yeah, yeah it's and a good model. It, it feels like it's a good alignment of incentives, right? Because yes. Panic is uh, uh, incentivized to ship meaningful updates to users mm-hmm. uh, because they want people to get forty nine, at least $49 worth of value out of it per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and for users, they have the choice. Did Panic provide us enough to warrant $49 or did they not? And if you're not, and if, you're, if you're happy with what you have so far, you can just keep using that. But if yep. you think it, they provide $49 worth of value, you can just uh, throw that in and get new updates. So I do do like that as a as a business model. And yeah, for, for something good. like a text editor, you wouldn't want it to kind of, you know, if there's a billing issue or something, it's kind of nice that they don't even have to have like any kind of grace periods. If there's a billing issue or you're just no longer using it as much as you thought or whatever, you just keep what you have. And for most things, panic, they're not using crazy APIs that will break next week. It's very solid 
nice macOS software from from a company that has a lot of knowledge about how to make those. So uh, it's, it's yeah, it's really good. I, I do hope it will be successful. I think it's a yeah. really hard market with so much free alternatives uh, everywhere, essentially. But um, realistically, if if you make any money or spend a lot of time on it, I do think there's value in ha- having the nicest tools. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a carpenter and you get a free hammer, or you have the choice to buy a hammer that is just a perfect tool for the job. It might be worthwhile to do that, even if there are free hammers everywhere. Very strange analogy. Yeah, I just people give out free hammers. <laughs> no, there are free where hammers you, everywhere, Molly. Don't break it. <laughs> no, but I do think, you know, if, if you're if you're making money hmm. with the tool, it, it's worthwhile to invest in good tools. And yeah, even if it's point. just, even if it's not enabling it, you to do something better, but it's just more fun to do that, I, I think that's worth $49 for the second year right it's not we're not talking crazy amounts of money i think it's a very fair price for the significance in life it will have for people who do actually use it awesome cool um my pick this week is an uh, it's a widget app called countdown so um it's an app for you to create uh, different small like really colorful widgets uh that is a countdown for something. So if you have an event coming up that you're excited about and you want to see a countdown for it, uh, you can get this really, you can create a separate widget for that, um, for that specific event. You can set your color and then you, that creates like a, like a setup, um, that basically creates a widget for you and then you can add that to your home screen uh, and have it as a widget so you can see this countdown prominently. So if you're really excited about Christmas, for example, you might have a Christmas countdown or if you're excited for your birthday coming up, you can add that as well. Or an or, Apple event on November an 17th. Apple event. That's so <laughs> much better. <laughs> if you're uh, excited about an Apple event on November 17th, you can you can add that there and then you will see a countdown on November 17th. Or a special episode. That's the and Tuesday. so many things. Yeah. I think people's, people's home <laughs> screens are just going to be full of countdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this is a thing people commonly did when they have like a holiday coming up, but I don't mm-hmm. think there'll be many of those in the immediate <laughs> future. Um, which no, countdown think- app is this? Just because I've searched for like countdown widgets in the app store. And of course, there's a million. Oh, uh, Widget Studio Event Countdown. Yes. Is that the one? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think cool. the company is cool. called Widget Studio. Yeah. Excellent. Um, but I think I it's... Uh, it. Yeah. That's been yeah, getting so- a lot of love in the app store at the moment, I've noticed. Oh, I didn't actually realize that. So yeah, at I, least I, I just saw it. I came across it on Twitter. Uh, ah. I think Stefan wanted to play around with widgets, and then he uh, ended up making this, and he released nice. it for free. Uh, it was just a. Oh. I think it started out as just a small uh, test project, and the full name is Widget Studio Event Countdown. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. the name of the app. Okay. Thank you. Because when you just look at it, when you have it installed, it's just called Countdown. So that's that's the official sort of name that he's going with. But yeah. Um, I'll put that link in the show notes. Cool. Mm. Um, otherwise, it's Widget Studio. Widget Studio Countdown. Was that the full name, Kai? No, Widget Studio Event Countdown. Okay, so it's Widget Studio Event Countdown. Mm. Awesome. Looks very nicely designed too. Yeah, no, yeah, I, like I really like account. it. I really like the sort of gradients on the um, on all of the widgets. It has mm. some really nice color, so it's nice to add some color to your home screen. Um, yeah. What are you counting down to? Um, the last one I counted down to was Sydney Cuckoo Heads. Uh, I'm oh, just nice. going to set a few more up now because I have some uh, conferences coming up that I'm looking nice. forward to. So I'm going to put good. those on my home screen. Um, and yeah, of course, the Apple September event. <laughs> September cool. event? Sorry. You're, you're looking for a new iPhone thing <laughs> yeah. The Apple November event. I'm so used to saying September 2021 event because that's like the only event. one that we usually get. That's the big mm. one. But no, October event. 
November, November event. event. We get one every month now. <laughs> yeah, the next, ep- which the month next you Apple like. event. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, we can hear that. You don't even remember when it is. <laughs> Hasn't officially been announced. Well, yet. someone needs. I think someone needs a countdown on their uh, home screen mm. that reminds them of what the event is called mm. and which month it is. Maybe in. it could tell me which month it is right now yeah. as well. <laughs> so all you really want is a calendar. Is what you're telling it. <laughs> no, but. Uh, it's a really cool app, so people should check nice. it out. I see your pick here, Zach. I think this is something we listened to uh, just a couple of days ago, so I'm looking oh, forward nice. to it. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's a podcast. It's episode 131 of the Lex Friedman podcast um, with Chris Lattner as the guest, and the title is The Future of Computing and Programming Languages. I am not fully f- through this episode, but from what I've listened to so far, it's really good. Chris is a very interesting person to listen to when he talks. <laughs> he's, he's very knowledgeable of everything he talks about and obviously very <laughs> passionate about things. And I always find interviews with him quite fascinating. And he does a good job of sort of getting into details without getting too technical. Um, so, it just makes for very good conversation and, and in podcast format um so it's my pick if you're interested in the stuff we talk about on the show like the swifty things um you'll definitely enjoy this episode with chris it's a long one it's almost three hours which is why i haven't finished yeah. it yet but uh yeah like i said so far so good and um i'm, I'm enjoying it a lot have you cool. listened to many of lex uh, friedman's Fr- friedman Fried- me and names man have you listened <laughs> to many of lex- <laughs> have you listened to many of lex friedman's uh- friedman <laughs> Have you listened to many of Lex no. Friedman's <laughs> no, podcasts? I don't. Do you? Uh, we actually started looking now recently, and it turns out that many of the episodes seem to be around the three-hour mark, uh, oh, wow. which is interesting because there are some people who seem to be quite busy. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it's I also don't Joe think Joe Rogan on us. <laughs> he, <laughs> he also, also interviewed Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, um, I think he has one with Elon Musk as well. I think a couple with Elon Musk. Yeah, a couple okay. with uh, you know Geohot, the guy that no. um, jailbroke the f- very first iPhone for the first oh, time. Oh, okay. okay. And then some that's subsequent the, ones, the and then PlayStation Three, and and now does Comma AI. Yeah, like so that's the interview we are in the middle of, and he releases them on YouTube as well. And I would actually recommend watching them if mm-hmm. you if you do have the time. Uh, because it is quite interesting because I think they always sit in the same room and I think it adds some different dynamic ah, to the okay. conversation mm-hmm. and it's good. Nice. Cool. Yeah. All right. Then we actually made it ish to have a short ish episode. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> oh, my record is 129. So I think we, we hit our 90 minutes. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs>